Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in. We have a great guest as always. And today we're going to be talking about can unrelenting change be a good thing? Well, you know, (laughs) change is one thing that never stops, right? Things are always changing. Uh, So let's uh, start unpacking this. Um, and if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe at growthamplifiers.com to the podcast. So the big idea is hmm, 70% of all change initiatives fail, right? That's, that's kind of alarming. (laughs) And this is because we're biologically hardwired to return to what's worked. So that's pretty common. We, We try to do something new and then we end up kind of revolving back to things that have worked. And why this matters is, well, um, things have changed in the past couple of years, right? And we have this big pandemic. And a lot of people are wondering, uh, when can we get back to normal? Well, there is no going back. This is the new normal. And the key is we've got to embrace change, right? Uh, if, we, if we don't embrace the change, then we're struggled to basically deal with the stresses of uh, fighting the change. And that's no good for anyone. So as you're tuning in, make sure that you uh, are sharing your comments. So if you hear something in here that resonates with you, we'd love to hear your comments. Also ask any questions that you may have. You may have a question for our guest and to take action, you're going to hear new ideas, uh, new actions lead to new results. So without further ado, let's meet our guest. Now, Erica, Erica Anderson, hello. Glad for you to join us. Um, for those of you who are tuning in, Erica Anderson is the founding partner of ProS International, a coaching, consulting, and training firm that focuses on leader readiness. Okay. Uh, she's also the author of four best selling books, including Growing Great Employees and Be Bad First. Um, she's a popular leadership blogger at Forbes.com and is the host of the ProtoS Leadership Show, a business and leadership podcast globally ranked in the top 10%, which is a pretty great accomplishment. <laughs> Her newest book is Change from the Inside Out, Making You, Your Team, and Your Organization Change Capable. Welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Erica Anderson. Thanks. It's really good to be here. I love entrepreneurs. I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. So um, for we, we heard a little bit about you there in the introduction, but you've been an author, authored some great books. Uh, what in your journey has taken you to this point today? Uh, how did you get to become the person you are today and, and be on the mission that you're on now? Oh, I love that question. Well, um, I feel like my superpower is finding order in chaos. People, a client told me that about 20 years ago, and I thought, wow, that's really true. So I'm always trying to crack codes in a way. Mm-hmm. And even when I started my business 30 plus years ago, it was because I wanted to help clients crack codes. I didn't want to just sell them things. I wanted them, our mission has always been 
to help clients clarify and move toward their hope for future. So that's what we've always tried to do. And that's really, that's what motivates me. I want to help people become who they want to become. So that's always been the through line for me. So what I've tended to see in a lot of people who may have tuned into this podcast prior may, may notice, you know, there's what we know, right? And then there's the actions that we take. And then there's the desired result that we want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can know things, but if we're not getting the desired result, it doesn't matter what we know. And sometimes we need a guide to help us have that transformation. I love that. That's a great frame. I think that's right because lots of times our knowledge doesn't translate into behavior. You know, we know, we know something, but then we, we don't behave differently as a result. And it's only when you start behaving toward your hope for results that you're going to get the outcomes that you want. So, so you've got this, um, new book out. Yes, indeed. You've got several books in, that you've written in the past. What in particular really inspired you to write this book, your most recent one? Yeah. So when I write a book, it's always back to that order out of chaos. It's always because I'm curious about something and I want to crack some kind of a code. So when I started thinking about this book, which was in 2018, before all the last couple of years. Um, we already had change practice and we'd had it for about a decade. And, and we feel like the power of our change practice is that it integrates the kind of nuts and bolts aspects of change with the human side of change. And I had some human side questions. The two things I wanted to find out are, why is change so hard for us? And what actually happens when we make a change emotionally and psychologically? What is that process of an individual human being going through a change. And I felt like if I could find good answers to those two questions, it would be just extraordinarily helpful to people. And I feel like I found good answers. That Well, those are good talking points to lead with. I, I know that there's been some things, there have been some things that I've set out to change and I've been successful with. And there have also been some other things that I've set out to change. And man, they've been very fleeting. Yeah. Uh, it's really strange. Like it's like the mind even shifts at different times of the day. Like I'll have yes. one mindset at the beginning of the day. And by the end of the day, it's no longer the same mind. It has a different belief system. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> you are hundred percent right. And with change, it depends on where the change comes from. Who's mm-hmm. trying to kind of pose on us. There, there are all kinds of things, but I, but One thing I found out, which I want to share with you and your listeners, because I think it's really helpful. I started to think about what you're saying. Why is change so hard for us? That's 70% statistic from McKinsey. And so I started thinking about history because I think so much of who we are now has been who we have been over the last thousands of years. So I started to think about people's lives before our modern times. And if you think about it, a person 100 or 200 or 500 years ago, their life changed very little from beginning to end, right? If somebody lived in a village 200 years ago, they almost without a doubt were going to spend their whole life in that village, probably doing the same thing their parents did. If my parents are farmers, probably going to be farmers. My dad's going to be a, was a pipe fitter. I'm probably going to be a pipe fitter. You know, and you stayed in the same village with the same friends and the same rituals. That was human life mm-hmm. until fairly recently, right? Just hardly any change. And when a change did come, it was a threat 
and a danger. Hmm. Think about it, right? It was a war or a famine or a plague or hmm. an earthquake, you know, bad, like change was an aberration. So this, um, you know, biological hardwiring, this homeostatic urge, like let's go back to the way it was before. Let's go back to the way it worked. That's strong. And that has served us really well for thousands of years. And it's only in the last couple of generations that it doesn't serve us so well anymore because it's impossible to have that kind of life that human beings have always had, right? Mm -hmm. Example I use at the beginning of the book, I'm old enough that when I was a little kid, television was a new thing. And I remember when we got our first TV. So we got our first TV, that was big. And then 10 years later, we got a color TV. So that was the pace of change, even 50 or 60 years ago, 10 years, you know, and that that level of innovation happens every 15 minutes on our phones now, right? Right. So even from that point, 50 or 60 years ago, it sped up so quickly. So what I begin to see is that we do have to, as you said in the intro, rewire ourselves so that we no longer automatically see change as a threat or a danger. We have to come to see it at least neutrally. Does that, mm. does that all make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then I thought, then I got to my second question, which what actually happens when we do go through a change? And um, I did a lot of observation, a lot of talk to a lot of people and came to this thing that we've come to call the change arc. You know how it, an arc is, it's harder, harder, and then it gets easier. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the change arc is a change comes at us. You know, you imagine you're running your business and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, my customers want something different than I'm giving them. That change, that need for change comes at us, right? And the first thing we want to know, we call this proposed change, is some information. And it's remarkably consistent. We want to know three things. This will resonate for you, Kenny. We want to know what does this mean for me? Meaning what am I going to have to do differently, right? Right. What does this mean for me? Why is this happening? Because we so prefer the status quo, we want some really good reasons before we're willing to change. And then the third one is, what will it look like when it's done? Because we have this deep fear of the unknown. So we want to know what, okay, if I make this change, what's the world going to be? What's it going to look like, right? So we start gathering this information. You know, we start moving up the arc. And I want to talk what you were talking about before about mindset. Because we have this historical relationship with change as a danger and a threat, our opening mindset about most changes is that the change is going to be difficult and costly and weird. <laughs> right? And right. difficult means I don't know how to do this. Other people are going to make it hard for me to do that. It's just there's obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. Costly means it's going to take from me things I value. And that's what we immediately think about change. And not just that it's going to take time or money, but that it's going to take identity and reputation and power and relationships. It's going to take away from me. If I make this change, I'll lose all these things that are important to me, right? Mm -hmm. And weird this means strange. Like, ooh, that's not the way we do things around here. So we start out thinking that even as we're taking in this information and you can, you know, our mindset, you know, this Kenny, our mindset comes out our mouth, right? So you tell people about a change. Like if you're an entrepreneur and you have some employees and you start saying to them, you know, we got to do some things differently because our clients, our customers are changing their, their wants, their needs. 
the first thing that people tend to say is, oh, but oh my gosh, that won't that be hard? And oh, it's going to take so much time. And we don't know how to do that. We've never done that before. Well, difficult, costly, weird, right? It just comes out of their mouths. Then, yep. And then the next thing we notice, and this is real, I got very excited when I figured this out. This is really the heart of it, is when people do make a change, it's because their mindset starts to shift and they start thinking, oh, maybe this change could be easy or at least doable, right? Mm -hmm. Could be rewarding. It could give me more than it takes away. And it could even be normal. And normal means people like me, I look around, people like me are doing it. And this is really important. People I admire and want to emulate are doing it, which is why it's so important for leaders to model a change, right? Because people look at us to like, are you doing this? Because <laughs> if you're not doing it, I'm not doing it, right? So that's, it starts to get normal. And you, again, people's self, you know, mindset comes out their mouth. So they say, oh, you know, I can, we could probably figure this out. And I could, do we have a training or something? We can figure out how to do it, right? And looks like the clients really are going to like it better. And that's rewarding, right? And mm -hmm. Amy, who I trust, and Joe, who I like, they're doing it. You know, and you can see people's mindsets start to shift because they talk about it differently. And then to your thing about results, they start behaving differently. They start being willing to do the behaviors that the change requires, and then change can occur. It's, it's, it's cool, right? I, well, uh, that's, that is really cool. You know, one of the types of clients I work with a lot are accountants and bookkeepers, CPAs. And one of the challenges they have is uh, choosing a niche, you know, saying, who are you? who's your ideal customer? Oh, yeah. I can help anyone. Yeah. Well, that's nice. But who's your ideal customer? I could choose anyone. I can help anyone. Okay. When you can help anyone, but if you're going to be marketing, right, we want to be really focused so we can right. get a focused message to your focused market. And to what you're saying is initially it's, it's the counterintuitive. That's different than what I've always done. I've always gotten referrals. Exactly. I'm used to always getting referrals. So why would I, why would I change that? Yes. Yes. When, when, exactly. when they, they see that paradigm shift, right. Then, Right? They start thinking, oh, I've never done that before. That feels weird. And ooh, ooh, it's going to take time and it's going to make me feel dumb. That's one of the other things. The big cost is it's going to make me feel dumb. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. it's kind of, I don't know how to do that. And that requires new skills. Difficult, costly, and weird. That's, you know, almost always, I'm as you're saying, when you propose a change to somebody, the first thing is like, oh, here's all the bad things, right? Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait, be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now. Let's get back to the show. And it's only until, like you're mentioning, I start saying, oh, oh, this is why this yeah. is helpful. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is really cool stuff. So, I've, um, Eric, I got some questions and, and some things to help us kind of dive in a couple things. Okay. And this, I think you started just unpacking this just right now. Is this the mind? shift every person must go yeah. through before making a change yes yeah and 
it's it's really to start having and seeing things differently and seeing those benefits, seeing other leaders, right? Exactly. It's going from the mindset starts out, this is going to be difficult, costly, and weird. And you're trying to shift or help other people shift to, it could be easy, or at least doable, rewarding and normal. From difficult, costly, weird to easy, rewarding, normal. And the way you, you know, it's when I talk to leaders, I always uh, say that thing they say in airplanes about put on your own mask before mm-hmm. attempting to help others. So if you're a leader and you want to make a change and you want other people to make a change, you have to make it first. You have to make that mindset shift first or people won't believe you. And the wonderful thing about this is that we're in charge of our own self-talk. We can talk to ourselves differently. So if a change comes at you and you find, you listen to yourself and you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be really difficult and it's going to take things from me. You know, it's going to be difficult, costly and weird. Then you can stop yourself and go, wait, wait, wait. I'm not sure that's true. You can talk back to yourself. You can say, okay, how, how could it be easy or how could I make it easy? What are the rewards that could outweigh the costs? You, you can just start talking to yourself differently and change your own self-talk. And once you've started to see how the change can be easy, rewarding, normal, then you can turn to the people you lead. And when you share the change with them, then the first thing to do, and I think you know this, Kenny, is you have to listen to them. You can't immediately try and reassure them talking about because they won't. You just have to listen. Wow. Okay. So you're concerned about this. You're worried it's going to take some time. Yeah. And then once you hear all the way through their concerns, then you can say to them, okay, so how could we make it easier? What, what could be the rewards? You know, you can do the same thing to yourself. (laughs) It's such a, I mean, those are like some great strategies that sometimes we can know things again. We know (laughs) it's what we know. And then there's the result. We can know things. But then when we get in the day-to-day and the whirlwind, then we can get lost in application. And yes. being, being able to say, yes. hey, look, I'm not going to try to push this on you and say, oh, it's just easy. This is the way it should be. And you just got to deal with it. But really understanding someone's mindset, where they're coming from, which yes. kind of is leading us to, to that uh, second point here is, is practical tools, you know, self-talk uh, is a form of a tool. Yes, um, absolutely. To catalyze change in any environment. Uh, is there another thing that you could share that might be a, a decent tool for someone to consider? Um, yes. And this is so the, the first half of the book was me talking about or first third of the book, I guess, is why change is hard and we got to rewire ourselves. And there's this change arc and the mindset shift. And then the second two thirds of the book, second and third thirds of the book is <laughs> our um, five-step change model that we use when we're helping companies go through catalyzed big changes. And the thing I love about our change model is it really lines up with what we're talking about. So it's, and I'll quickly go through the five steps, but it's a way to, as I said at the first, do the nuts and bolts things, good the, the good planning things you have to do to make a change while cascading people through this change arc and helping them make that mindset shift so that they can actually adopt the change. So the first step is clarify the change and why it's needed. And if you remember, those are two of the three things I said that people want to know first about change. What Mm -hmm. is the change? Why is it needed? And then the second step is envision the future state that what will it look like when the change is done? 
And usually when a change happens organizationally, in a big organization, it's usually a small, fairly senior group of people thinking about it. In an entrepreneurial organization, sometimes it's just you, the leader, thinking about it. But going through these first two steps is critical because you're going through those steps in a way on behalf of the rest of the organization. If you as the leader or this small group gets clear about, okay, what is this change? Why do we need it? What will it look like when it's done? And you can talk about those things clearly. Then as you start bringing other people into the tent, you can give them that information that people want immediately when you tell them about the change. So that's great. So then the third step is called build the change. And you bring in uh, the change team, even in a small organization, it's probably not going to be just you. So you put together the group of people who are going to you know, design and drive and manage the change to the organization. And you bring them through their change arc. That's the first thing you do is kind of like, here's the change, why it's needed, what it'll look like, right? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Talk them through it. And then the change team builds the change. This is the kind of nuts and bolts part of it. You know, it's change is a project, right? So you create a project plan and here's everything we need to do to make this change happen. Then the fourth step, and this is the step that almost never happens in organizational change. We call it lead the transition. And it's where the first thing you do is figure out the people in the organization who are going to be most affected by the change. And then what is going, what their arc is going to be, what's going to be difficult, costly, and weird for them. And then how can you help them see it as easier and more rewarding and normal? And you create a transition plan, an actual plan to help them move through their change arc, these most affected groups. Then you kind of lay that transition plan, that human transition plan on top of the change plan so that you can do them simultaneously. So that while you're doing the nuts and bolts change plan, you're also helping people through their own hesitation about the change so that they can do the behaviors. Like for instance, if, there's, if this most affected group is gonna require some training to make this change, then before you give them the training, you wanna help them start go through their change arc, right? Tell them, here's what the change is. Here's why it's happening. Here's what questions do you have? How can we help? How can we give you more control over this? Okay, now you're ready for the training and now we can give you the training. Does that make sense? So you're doing these two things uh, together, you know, lined up together so that people really can go through the change and you don't get that awful 70% McKinsey statistic. Right. And the fifth step is keep the change going because a lot of times once the nuts and bolts part of a change has been made, you know, people kind of walk away, but that's when it's really important. Again, back to your point of the distance between what we know and what we do to make sure that it's happening, that the measures of success that you have for the change are really coming true. You know, you're getting the results that you want. And if not, why? And you may have to tweak the change and do some things differently to make sure that the change really has the results. The other thing you do in this fifth step, you know, you said the subtitle of my book is making you, your team and your organization change capable. Mm -hmm. Because what we realized is, this goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, you're not just trying to help people do a change, you're trying to help them get better at change, period, overall, right, because of the time we live in. So in that fifth step, you also look at ways in which your organization itself, either the structures or the systems or the processes or even the culture might be getting in the way of change and figure out what you can do to unhook those impediments. Like for instance, I'm sure you've seen this a lot. Sometimes organizations have really complicated systems that make any change difficult. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. So you look at that point, it's like, okay, how can we simplify these core systems so that this change we're trying to make right now and any future changes will be less impeded by the complexity of these systems? Does that make sense? This all is really powerful. I mean, because, and, and you see the challenge here is if people are resistant to change, it's just the, the way some people are wired. Uh, they, they hear a change coming on, they're like, they, they start focusing on what's different, what they don't like. Yes, yes. And, and, and drag their feet. And, you know, I'm not speaking to everyone, but this this is a common thing. And if we don't embrace change, well, the change is going to happen regardless. <laughs> so, Precisely. Precisely. So that left by the sidelines, right? So do, do we want to be anchoring our feet and holding ourselves back? Uh, it's not going to be good for anyone. So when you, as a leader, can empower those that are part of your team to not only go through the transition, but also to uh, strengthen their muscles towards a successful change, yeah. this can help you just move quicker, move your whole organization quicker. You know, yeah, the, that's exactly right, Kenny. And then the next time a change comes along, people are ready. They're, they're, I, I love it as people, we were going through we've been going through many changes in our organization as everyone has. But a couple of weeks ago, our senior team was talking, we were talking about this change in our finance director. I could tell she got that look on her face like, Oh, and I said, Oh, so you're thinking this is probably going to be difficult, costly and weird. Right. And she <laughs> laughed and she said, yes. And I'm already working on my mindset. And within a couple of days, she was fine. It's like, great, we're going to do this. It's, so once you start to exercise that muscle of consciously shifting your mindset around change, then you you're you've become conscious of it, right? And you can mm -hmm. do it consciously, which is powerful. I, I think it's incredibly important. I can't tell you how many times I've been part of some sort of change, whether it's through an organization I'm a member of, a company that I worked for in the past, or just changing in my own business. Yes. If if you just are taking longer to get there. And that is not helpful for anyone. So uh, being empowered and being strengthened, gaining that new skill makes everything else flow smoothly and effectively. So if you haven't done so yet, uh, if you're tuning in, you haven't seen any of the graphics here, go to Erica's website, ericaanderson.com. Uh, you, know, you could check out a copy of her book, Change from the Inside Out. It's transformative stuff. I highly recommend making a change for the new year and, and checking that out. And Erica, you've been awesome. I really love how you've simplified. You've had a framework that you could share with our listeners. As we're wrapping our thoughts here, one tradition we have is to let our guests share something that they've learned on their journey that might be helpful for others on their journey as well. It doesn't have to be related to your normal uh, content or topic, but it can be if you'd like. So just something that you'd like to share that's been valuable for you that might be valuable for others on theirs. I don't know why this comes to mind. Maybe it's because it's the holiday season and the new year and it's been such a tough couple of years. But one thing that I've really learned over the years is that the most powerful, positive emotion available to us as human beings is gratitude. Hmm. And that even in difficult situations, you can almost always find something genuine to be grateful for. And I notice that when I feel grateful, 
even that I'm alive or that I'm capable of having great conversations with people or what, you know, whatever I can be grateful for, it unsticks me. It unsticks my brain, it unsticks my emotions and it help, allows me to move forward. So that's what I've learned. Thank you very much. I'm grateful for having this moment with you, grateful for the knowledge that you shared and grateful for you who have tuned in. Please be sure to like, share, comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, subscribe at growthamplifiers.com. And if you haven't done so already, ericaanderson.com. Check it out. She's a great guest. And you know, if, if you're having trouble making that transition, that change to do that, that's all the more reason you need to do that. <laughs> so thank you very much. We will catch you on the flip side. We are signing off for 2022. Thanks, Kenny. Bye. <laughs> to show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.